The first reading this morning is taken from Exodus, chapter 20, verse 16, which is on page 78. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. And then our second reading this morning is from Leviticus on page 122, chapter 19, starting at verse 11. Dear Heavenly Father, help us as we study the ninth commandment. Open our eyes and our hearts to see how much you love us and how much you want us to enjoy an unhindered fellowship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, imagine the, the disciples of Jesus 2,000 years ago playing this game, two truths and a lie. So uh, here Peter comes in the midst of all the disciples, and Jesus is right there. It's like, guess which one is a lie? I'm going to tell you three truths. Sorry, three statements. Guess which one is a lie? And you can guess too. Um, I caught a fish the other day, and in its mouth, I found a gold coin. Second statement, I've seen Jesus turned super bright and shiny on the mountain. And my third statement, my mother-in-law had a nasty fever, and she was miraculously healed by Jesus. So which one, which one was a lie? <laughs> well, um, you are too shy to shout out the answer. Um, just to put you out of your misery, it's the first one that was a lie. It's not a gold coin. It was a silver coin. Ah. Uh, if Jesus was sitting right there, I mean, he was, I just said he was. What kind of Jesus would you have imagined? Is he one um, who you, you think you can relate to? He's also there having a, a good laugh, uh, you know, having fun with the disciples? Or are you imagining a Jesus who's there like, rebuking Peter? He's like, what are you doing, Peter? Don't ever play that game again. This is you know, you're encouraging each other, you're encouraging your fellow disciples to lie. You know, what's wrong with you, Peter? Well, I'll, I'll let you be the judge of who, what kind of Jesus he might be. Uh, but have you ever lied? If I was going to ask for a show of hands, which I won't, uh, I wonder if everyone would raise their hands. And those who didn't raise their hand, uh, probably you were lying. <laughs> so so e even if you have never lied, all right, I'll give you that. Uh, have you ever been lied to? Uh, think of a time when someone deceived you, cheated you, uh, when you were taken advantage of. It doesn't feel good, doesn't it? People lie all the time. According to a study in, in people's job applications, more than 50% of people have lied on their CVs. Uh, those lies are mostly about their job experiences, skills, job duties, etc. Uh, then you turn on your TV or, or read from any of the papers, and you see lies, blatant lies, in your face all the time. You know the politicians lying to people in their constituency just to get their votes. But then afterwards, 
you find them hardly deliver anything they promised. Or they lied to each other to get their agenda through. But then they backstabbing each other to get rid of the competition so that they can continue to hold their, their power in their office. It's, it's just so common. You're probably so used to people lying to each other at your workplace or in your schools. People would twist the truth, changing details of facts for their own personal benefit. And, and sadly, sometimes we do the same. It's just part of who we are as human beings. And then you turn to the Bible, and you, you're a little surprised by all the stories of people lying in the Bible. Uh, some people lie with obvious bad intentions. Like in the Old Testament, you know the story of Jacob? He is a huge liar. Uh, he lied to his father in order to get the blessing that was supposed to be uh, for the firstborn son, which is, was his brother, not himself. So he lied to get his, his father's blessings. And then you, you come to the New Testament. You have um, Ananias and Sapphira who sold their property and gave money to the church. But they lied about the amount that they gave to church. And then they got killed by the Holy Spirit, which is a bit sad. And then you have people in the Bible lying with good intentions as well. Maybe they lie to protect lives. Like those Hebrew midwives in the story of Exodus. Uh, Pharaoh ordered to have the midwives kill all the newborn babies just to get rid of Hebrews. Uh, but the, the midwives, they lied to Pharaoh by saying how those Hebrew women are just so vigorous who gave birth way before they arrived to, to help de deliver the babies. And so they, they lied with the good intention to save lives. So the Bible is full of stories of liars. And then we come to the ninth commandment this morning. You shall not give false with, uh, testimony against your neighbor. If you like the old English, it's right there. You can try to read that. It's pretty cool as well. So let's take a look at uh, what does the commandment say about lying and why we shouldn't lie and how can we stop lying. But I think I'm going to switch uh, the order of the headings around a little bit. It's actually a bit hard for me to decide which should come first. Uh, so firstly, let's look at why we shouldn't lie. Because God hates liars. If you do a little search about telling lies, you find so many references in the Bible. Uh, just to give you a couple to start with. Proverbs chapter 6. There are six things the Lord hates. Seven things. Seven that are detestable to him. Holy eyes. A lying tongue. And then Proverbs, Proverbs 12, verse 22. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. So from, from our readings from uh, Leviticus, if God said to his people, do not lie, do not deceive one another, and then he says to his people that he hates lying tongues. 
What does that tell us? You know, just, just do your math. Add the two up. It's simple logic, isn't it? We have the answer. God hates liars. Lying is something that God hates. Now, even, with the, even without God telling us that we shouldn't lie, or lying is bad, for some reason, I think you and I both know that lying is not right. Somehow, we just know it. And if you, tell, if you ask people outside of the church who doesn't have the Bible, who doesn't know the Lord, who doesn't have the law, even they would tell you lying is wrong. And we know why that was, because in, in Romans chapter 2, uh, it t- tells us that all the requirements of law are written on everyone's hearts, even to those people who, who doesn't have the law. People just know that's wrong. But then, you and I both know there are bigger lies and smaller lies, right? You know, sometimes we tell a little white lie to, to, to help calm the situation. And then you have Tom, who lied right in front of us earlier, uh, right in front of the kids. And, and sometimes we lie to protect ourselves. Um, if someone points a gun at your head, asking if you are a Christian, and if your answer is yes, you get a bullet. So is it okay to protect yourself or your family or your friends by lying? Well, this is a hard topic. After hours of studying and thinking, my short answer for you is all forms of lying, big or small, they are all lies. And since God is truth, and he, he and he and lies are not compatible, and therefore, in God's eyes, all lies are wrong. All lies are sin. <sighs> this is like getting getting worse. I don't know what I got myself into. <laughs> uh, the reason lies exist is from the fall of Adam and Eve, and you all, you all know that, because they listened to the lies of Satan and allowed evil to come into God's perfect creation. See, in a perfect world, there's no need to lie, isn't it? Jesus spoke about the devil in John chapter 8. Uh, he described the evil as a, the devil as a murderer and a liar because there's no truth in him. And when the devil lies, he speaks his native language. And he's the father of lies. So when we lie, we acknowledge that he is our father. But, even though all lies are detestable to God and are consequences of the original sin, but, I think the reason God gave this specific commandment, the ninth commandment, is because he understands we live in a fallen world and so under his grace, which we'll come back to in a little bit to unpack when we come to this commandment, uh, under his grace, he makes it a lot easier for us to live in this world of lies. Uh, what, what do I mean by that? For example, Tom. Sorry, I just kept on bringing Tom up because he lied in front of us. Uh, 
That was for entertainment purpose. You and I enjoyed it. And then exaggerations. You could say it's a form of lying, couldn't you? I'm so dead. Uh, if I don't finish my homework tonight, my dad's going to kill me. Or, uh, why did I get assigned to preach on this huge topic? It literally killed billions of my brain cells. Uh, you know, oh, comedies do that all the time. It, it's, it's just a form of entertainment. And what about in the sports? You know, in a rugby game, you got this guy holding the ball, doing a runner, and he throws a dummy. You know what the dummy is? You just do a fake throw. So the ball is still in your hand, and you keep on running, but your opponent thought you passed the ball, so they were deceived by your dummy moves. Or when you're playing tennis, you tricked your opponent by thinking that you hit the ball to, to that, the other, to, to the corner, to this, this side of the court. So they ran trying to catch the ball, but in fact, you, you just did a gentle touch with your racket and you, you got the ball to the other end of the court. So that, that's a form of deceiving, isn't it? But you and I know it's, it's all right, isn't it? Uh, perhaps it's on the battlefield. Um, Ruth and I watched Napoleon the other day. Um, there's a, a tactic called tactical retreat. Did you know that? So you, um, you fake by retreating. And your enemy thought you, you are losing and they, they might wanted to take the advantage. So they, they come and chase you. But then you, you come out of fighting to ambush them, flanking them from behind and win your battle. So I just gave you all the examples for you to think about. I'm not going to give you the, all the answers. But secondly, let's look at what the ninth commandment says about lying and what's it all about. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. This commandment is most specifically relevant to the, to the court. It's there to make sure that witnesses tell the truth during public trials. When you want to sue someone about something, you bring the case to the presence of an elder and the priests who are in office at the time. So in our modern court system, the judge and the jury team, the thing is, Sometimes you aren't even sure if the person you, you brought to the court is really guilty. You thought he might be or she might be, but you're just not sure. For example, you, you saw someone committed a crime in the dark, and you couldn't quite make out the face of that person. You, you were 95% sure that was Aaron who did it, but you just can't be sure. So you need at least two witnesses to make a case official in, in the biblical time. Especially in, in cases that involves capital punishment. The witnesses play a vital role in condemning someone. If the accused party is found guilty and is sentenced to death, the person accusing is required to throw the first, first stone. And so that's a very serious matter. So, in, so this commandment is meant to be a safeguard to justice. 
Because if a witness was later found lying, proved to be giving false testimony against the defendant, so that's serious, right? Because the person you accused might actually be innocent, but then you killed that person already. So this witness who lied is to receive the same punishment. What if the witness knows something, but they remain silent? Imagine you are the one being sued uh, for a hit and run. Someone died on the scene. So this is a serious matter. All the fingers were pointing at you, but you are totally innocent. You weren't even there. You don't even know how to drive. Yet, the only witness who could prove your innocence decided to keep his lips tightly sealed for whatever reason. And therefore, you were sentenced to go to the prison for manslaughter. To keep vital information to yourself when you are meant to spill it out is also a form of being a false witness. Proverbs 19 says, A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes out lies will perish. See, this commandment from God, the ninth commandment, is meant for our protection. You shall not give false uh, testimony. What if you are the witness? Just imagine that. The information you could have shared could save life or lives. Would you keep those information to yourself? Lie and say you don't know anything. Or would you faithfully share what you know? Share what you've seen or what you've heard? So, so the principle of this commitment is not just about the, the, the don'ts. It's also about the do's. The flip side of don't give false testimony is telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. You see, in Leviticus 19, which Anita has read for us, uh, it's an expansion of the ninth commandment. Page 122 is if you still have that in front of you. Uh, verse 11 onwards. Don't lie. Don't deceive one another. Don't swear falsely. Don't defraud your neighbor. Don't cheat people. Don't talk behind people's back, etc. But instead, fear God. So you got the don'ts, but then you do this. And don't pervert justice. Don't show partiality or favoritism. But judge your neighbor fairly. Don't go around spread slander. That includes gossiping. Uh, don't hate each other in your heart. But if someone has done something wrong that needs pointing out, go and speak to that person and point it out. And don't seek revenge or hold grudges against others. But love your neighbor as yourself. Why? Because God said, I am your God. Now remember, the Ten Commandments is not 
a list saying to us, what if you, we don't do what it tells us to do? Or, or do what it says don't do? Then we will be punished by God and we'll never go to heaven. No. God is the one who made the first move to save his people. He took them out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. God chose them. He took them, he took them in as his people. This list of do's and don'ts is God saying to us, now that he is in the midst of us, in the midst of his people, this is a boundary he sets for us to protect us in our newfound freedom. Which takes us, takes us to our final point, our need for a savior. So sin, sin is sin. To God, lying isn't less serious than dishonoring your parents or stealing or committing adultery or killing. All sins are sins to God and will be dealt with. And one day all our wrongdoings will be judged. So you see, if the Ten Commandments is a requirement for us to, to get to heaven, to gain God's favor, to gain his approval, then there's no way you and I could get to heaven. Because all of us have sinned and fall short of his glory. The, the impure and the holy are just not compatible. And the wages of sin is death. We'll all die one day for what we've done or what, for what we have not done. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's a good news. God took the first step towards us. Even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So that through him, um, we get to be rescued, just like the Israelites, rescued from the land of slavery. So for, the, for those of us who are already believers, the Ten Commandments are given to us so that we know how we are to live as his holy people. This is what God demands of us so that we continue to enjoy our relationship with him. God says, be holy as I am holy. 1 John chapter 1 tells us that God is light. In him, there's no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sins. And 1 John chapter 2, verse 4 says, Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. You see, what really matters is not how many lies or how little lies we tell, but who we are in Christ. All those whom God redeemed, of, of course we want to strive to obey his commands. And by doing so, we reflect God's character. We witness to this world, which is full of lies, that we belong to God. 
Maybe you are so accustomed to a lifestyle of saying untruthful things, including telling lies, gossiping, slandering people. Maybe you feel that you need to lie in order to survive. Jesus knows exactly what it's like to be living amongst liars. Or maybe you are suffering from people slandering you or falsely accusing you with their false testimonies. Jesus knows what it's like to be on the receiving end of being falsely accused. In fact, he, he got that and he willingly went up on the cross to die for us, to pay for our sins. And this is what I mentioned earlier about grace. For this is a gift of God, not by works, not by keeping the commandment so that no one can boast. But remember, the point of this commandment is to be truthful. It's not about how well we, we do to keep us from lying and all that. The point is to be truthful. Because of his grace, because we belong to God now, Jesus paid for all the penalties of our sins. So God does not condemn us for our sins anymore. And he gave us his new life in which we can abide in him. And the more we have fellowship with, with Jesus, the more we know him, and the more we would love him and become more like him. So it would become easier uh, as, as we know him, it would be easier to, to, to be truthful. So on that note, uh, how does being truthful apply to us? For us as members of this church, the body of Christ, we each hold a testimony, a vital information that could save lives. Would you keep this life-saving information to yourself and to see people perishing in, in their sins? Or would you share with them your stories of how Jesus changed your life? Would you be willing to share, to boldly testify the truth, be a witness telling others how Jesus saved you? But on a, on a personal level, if by being honest for who you are in Christ, you know you might not get your dream job ever. Or by being honest for who you are in Christ, you know you might lose your role in your company. Or by being honest, you risk your life. Don't you think God will keep his promises and honor you, honor your action for his name's sake? We can't do it on our own. But with his help, with the help of his Holy Spirit, we can. The more we love him, the more we know him. And the more it becomes easier to be honest. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you so much for your amazing saving grace. Thank you that even though we live in this fallen world, doomed 
to be judged and separated from you because of our own sins. You, you took the initiative to send your son, Jesus Christ, who is full of grace and truth, so that through him we might have life. And thank you for your Holy Spirit, whoever lives in us, empowering us to live a life pleasing to you, and that through him you would never leave us nor forsake us. So help us to continue living in truth and in your light. Help us to reflect your light, the true light. Help us to reflect your light to the world so that people might come to know you who made a difference in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.